Welcome to Nutri IQ Radio, where we talk about all things food, fitness, and feeling good to help you clear the confusion and get your results your way. I'm your host, Sean Hare. And I'm Sean's financial advisor, Jim Gale. You lost me money last week. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, get a better job, man. Uh, it's, it's cushy. I, I didn't, in fact, lose that money. All right. It's just, it's how it works. I bought a llama it's in, farm. It's, it's in my back pocket now. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> don't appreciate that. So let's move on to the news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the news then. So the first bit of news we've got this week is some really exciting stuff to do with our app that is launching on June 1st for the Smart Plan. And basically, Jim showed me this before the podcast started, before we started recording. Also, before we thought we started recording, because I didn't press record. And this is the second take. But yeah, it looks amazing. It looks really cool. And it looks like I thought it should look in my head, just when we've generally been talking. And that's really what we're excited about this week. The fact that it's going to look amazing. And that's basically all we're going to tell you about it because we can't show you anything because it's a podcast and also we want to show you things closer to the time to get you excited so that it looks cool in the photos and then you get the app yourself and you're like oh my god this is so nice yeah like the i mean the website is is obviously live so people can go on there and read about what this is and that's been the case for a couple of weeks um but now in the next few weeks, if you keep your eye on social media, you're going to start to get a better picture of what it's actually going to look like um, and how it's going to be available to you as well. Um, so very, very exciting. Yeah. And the other bit of news we've got this week is that, so generally speaking, what we want the news to be is to give you updates on what's going on with IQ, with the smart plan, and also to address things that might have come up in the actual news this week or in sort of your awareness of things. For example, you might have seen something on the news this week that says eggs are really bad for you, only have two a day. But then last week on the news, it also said that eggs were really good for you and things like that get confusing. So we want to address those things so that we can clear the confusion, as we said in the little intro, and just make things easier for you to understand. Uh, one of those things that I've seen come up this week is on a number of Facebook groups, I've noticed people asking whether they should be putting chia seeds in their water because they've been told that it helps with fat loss, it helps in some way for your body to process sugars, something like that. I'm not really sure because people don't go further into detail, mainly because they don't know those details, um, but just straight out, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do it. uh, it's not going to taste nice. It's going to be a pain to try and drink. And, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, adding chia seeds to your water is just adding calories to your water. And while you're trying to stick to a certain calorie target and not go over that in order to lose weight, that's just completely counterproductive. And, you know, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you're trying to get calories in because you're trying to gain weight or build muscle. In that case, maybe it'd help. But if you've been told it's got some kind of health benefit, it's a tiny thing that you probably don't need to worry about. Yeah, I think um, it's, uh, there's probably an argument to be made that um, in some way, the health benefits that it gives you will um will sort of increase your sort of fat loss or change the ratio of maybe fat loss to where else the weight is coming from um but it's so minute like we're not talking about the difference between um just eating ben and jerry's and having 2000 calories a day and then eating whole nutritious of rainbow foods and getting 2,000 calories a day, we're just talking about one single food. It's not going to change how effective your fat loss is. Um, and especially if, like you say, if people are just adding it in because it's going to sort of 
be the fat loss pill, then actually all it's doing is adding calories on to your intake, which if it's obviously if it's not managed, will actually get the opposite way. Yeah. I think it's dangerous. It's the same as um like bulletproof coffee. Yeah, that's um, yeah, like put uh, putting um butter in and coconut water and stuff like that in coffee. Um and people saying that it makes your body better at burning fat or something along them lines when in fact all you're doing is putting hundreds of calories into uh, what would have been a 50 calorie drink with a caffeine boost and you know then the, the fat loss in general argument is debatable anyway that's a, a subject for another time but it's the same principle ultimately you should be looking at your intake not uh, you know, looking at the numbers, not looking at one single thing to do the job for you, like cheer seeds. Yeah, cool. So that's that addressed. If you're trying to lose weight, don't be adding cheer seeds to your water. Do it if you want. Do it if you want. But you're just wasting your calories. Yeah. You're wasting your allowance. You know. Yeah. Cool. So in this week's main segment for the show, we've got an interview with Liam Cowley. Liam's been a personal trainer for over six years and he's based in Wakefield. Now, we used to work together in the same personal training company and he's got a ton of knowledge in terms of nutrition, training, and he does a lot of work specializing in helping people with diabetes. And he's all about throwing out that whole one size fits all idea. Not about that. So let's get into it. Let's have a listen. Liam, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, getting a bit of a deja vu, yeah, because what's just happened for the listener's benefit is me and Liam got about two minutes into the discussion, and then I went, oh, I didn't press record, so we had to start again. Um, but yeah, so this is our second time doing this, because last year we had a podcast together, and we talked about loads of good stuff, and basically I wanted the NutriIQ radio listeners to to hear that as well, and to benefit from some of the insights and some of the stories that that you told so before we get into all that do you want to just give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to you who you are yeah yeah so you know for me i've um i've been working with clients for about six years now and i've always been interested in like the the health fitness weightlifting side of things but my biggest focus has been nutrition you know i've had a couple of issues myself and i found that well in my head it just made logical sense that you put good things in you're going to get good things out if that makes sense um and, and i think as well it, it's an area that's hugely misunderstood and you know there's information going off all over the place so i went on like my own little personal discovery mission as it were um and then from there obviously took that into clients and then just looked at what they needed and kind of built you know it's, it's difficult to build a system out of it because it's so individualized but built a coaching system as it were to kind of get the best out of the clients if that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah and um, what you said there about you know if you put good stuff in you get good stuff out obviously mm. in terms of nutrition that's totally true it comes down to that whole thing of you are what you eat yeah. which i think yeah, is a phrase yeah. that a lot of us don't think of literally but is literally the case and when you stop and think about that you think oh yeah i think that in itself <laughs> often can make you think maybe i'll make some different choices because that mm. becomes me sort of thing. Yeah. And I think if you look at it from, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, um, you are what you eat is literally like, a, I don't want to gain body fat because these certain foods will make me gain body fat, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, it's not that a cookie makes you fat. It's like what you're taking in from an energy standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint and everything on there as it all stacks up. But you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's less about the, like, I don't know, really an interesting one for people is um, instead of looking at it meal by meal, you know, when it comes to like a food diary or something like that, look at it over the course of a week mm -hmm. or a day if you need to. Um, and that's when you can start applying, you know, if you apply the 80-20 principle or something like that to a individual meal and then do that five times a year, five times a day, it can get a bit messy. But if you apply it to like a full day or a full week, then yeah. you can allow yourself a little bit of, I don't want to say leeway, but flexibility 
mm-hmm. rather than thinking, oh, I've messed up with... Um, rather than just being like, right, well, you know, that was my 20. I'm fine. You can just get back on it. <laughs> yeah. For anyone that's listening that is wondering what the 80-20 rule is, in case you've Sorry. never heard of it, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, and it's, it's one of these where, um, you know, I don't want to use the term good and bad, but when you're talking about flexibility and things like that, it's 80% of your good nutrition, your protein, your healthy fats, hydration, all stuff like that, and then you can have the 20% on the other side of a little bit of what you fancy. Um, one of the big things for that is it's it's very, very individualized with regards to how much you take in. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to burn a different amount of calories to you and you're going to burn different calories to someone else. And it's all very individualized, but using it as a percentage system rather than just saying, oh yeah, okay. So you get 700 calories of whatever you want. And then you just roll that out to the masses. Do you know what I mean? That'd be yeah. a bit of a crazy way of looking at it. But if you allow a percentage like that, it's like, right, 20% of what you eat can be something a little bit of what you fancy. And it, there's nothing magic to that. It's just, if you want, I don't know, <clears throat> like the donut, at the NHS thing is a great on topic version of that. I don't know if you've seen that. What's that? Um, so there's a big thing on online at the moment where, you know, um, all these nurses and doctors and people like that are, you know, fighting on the front line with a coronavirus issue. And someone came out, they recovered, um, you know, they're on Death Star and everything else. And they bought the team. I think it was about six, seven people in the team and they bought them like six Krispy Kremes. And everyone went absolutely, it's not like, oh, you saved my life. Here's a thank you. And everyone went absolutely crazy. The, you know, nurses and doctors should be eating Krispy Kremes and stuff. They should be setting a good example. And it's like, well, you know what, the probably at the end of like a 15-hour shift, burning a ton of calories, 80, 95% of the time, they're probably killing it. Their energy expenditure is high. They probably know what they're doing. I don't think one donut's going to be an issue. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's I, that's probably a long-winded way of explaining what the 80-20 principle is. But, you know, it's yeah, yeah. just allowing yourself that flexibility, really. <clears throat> yeah. So that kind of idea of principles is something we're going to keep touching back on. And it's something that in like between me and Jim that we talk about a lot as well, the difference between principles and methods. And mm. that sort of brings us over to one thing I wanted us to talk about, which is that when we were first getting into PT, we were part of the same company, taught the same things. We were kind of indoctrinated into this method of helping people lose weight, which was focusing on their carb intake and we were t- taught about oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, how your insulin spiked and that's when you stored fat and then it dipped and that's when you got hungry again. And there was this kind of whole thing and it was a bit complicated and it made everyone scared of carbs. And yeah. thinking about it now, it sounds quite similar to the way people think about the keto diet and sort of the benefits people tout for fasting in terms of changing mm. your insulin and all that. Uh, when really it, it's a lot simpler than that. And it's something we've already talked about, already mentioned, which is the calorie balance side of things. And that carb thing we were talking about was just a method that really was just intended to help our clients get to the right calorie balance. Mm. Um, And so that's obviously something that we've both understood more about as we've learned more and understood that it's actually a lot simpler than it's made out Mm. a lot of the time. So how has that kind of changed in your head? <clears throat> well, for me, like, this is the thing, like, when we first came into it, we were supplied, like, materials and education and things like that, and it was very, very easy to convince someone. Uh, well, we were convinced that you've got your little chart. If your blood sugar goes over here, then yeah. you're starring body weight. And like we were saying um, kind of before we came onto here, it's everyone's looking for that kind of reason like oh that's it that's that's what I've been doing wrong for me it's I don't know it was a weird one because you get the results with the clients because they start with you they're willing to give PT a go they're willing to do anything we've positioned ourselves as experts we've got our cool charts and everything 
Um, and almost regardless of how well they stick to that diet, you're getting them to exercise more. Some of them have never even touched resistance work. So they're going to get a result. And then you can say, oh, it's because you've, you know, even if they only did it with a 40, 50% effectiveness, they've reduced the carbs down. But then I'm sat there and I'm thinking, well, I'm eating Trek bars for snacks. Um, you know, I'm having rice with all my meals. And, you know, at the time I was probably having porridge for breakfast as well. But we're different because we're trainers, right? Yeah. And then when you start, you start looking into it and you're like, well, yes, I'm probably more active than them. Um, yes, I might do a different style of training, have slightly more, you know, muscle mass and things like that because it's kind of, I'm, I live in a gym. Do you know what I mean? And then you start thinking, well, if that's the case, then does it not come down to amount of energy burn rather than the type of macronutrient? And I did, you know, I've done numerous nutrition courses and things like that. And people, these things do come through phases. I've done a ton of um, education stuff with like Lane Norton and things like that. And that's the kind of guy who, I don't want to say convinced me, but I started using his system of avatar nutrition and stuff like that. Um, going through all of that and it just kind of made sense that if I reduced my calories or reduced the calories of my clients, they got results. Mm-hmm. And if I ate, you know, you can go keto. Like my granddad's a butcher. I could eat a ton of steak and butter um, and I'd gain weight. And it's like, yeah. well, it's yeah. not all about the amount of carbs that we've put in. Yeah. Um, but just the more I looked into it and the more, it's a weird one because I can't remember the name of the term. Do you know where you start off? I'm sure you'll have heard about it where you start off learning something and you, it's almost like a confidence chart. And then you look right at the bottom of this graph going, I know nothing about this topic. I need mm-hmm. to learn more. You learn a little bit, i.e. carbs are bad and we need to start cutting carbs out. And you shoot to that little overconfidence thing at the top. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I know I, I've got the answers here and everything else. And then you do a little bit more research, realize how much you don't know, and then you drop back down. And I think yeah. we all go through that phase and yeah. people get stuck in there. You know, a lot of the, you know, keto guys and vegans and everything else, they just look for the evidence that backs that up. But for me, it's... Well, these are all tools in the toolbox. If The way I explain it to clients is like, if we drill right down to the bedrock of weight loss, we have to address calories in versus calories out, which a lot of it's, it sounds super simple. It sounds almost patronizing, but I get them to flip that mentality and say, right, that's actually quite liberating. If that's all you need to do, then how do we do it? Mm-hmm. So once we understand the what, then we can go to, well, maybe you want to, Maybe you do overeat on carbs, so we're going to just strip that back a little bit. Maybe you know you just snack like crazy. Maybe you don't eat and then you're ravenous. Like it's such a individual thing, but we take that amount of energy that they're meant to be consuming, and then distribute that in a way that makes sense to them. Because mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm sure when you know when you with profit and stuff like that, you give the client a client file, and I always say to people that. If I give your client file to one of my other clients, they probably wouldn't get a result because yeah. it's like, right, well, you know, one of my guys, um, I might have told you this story in the last podcast, but one of my guys is a surgeon or girl, should I say. And it's like she'd be in surgery for hours and hours and hours. It's, you know, it depends on what she's doing. And she's like, well, I can't always get this meal. I can't always get that snack. So it's like, right, well, for you, you know, you don't really want to get up any earlier to have breakfast. So don't have breakfast. You're then, you know, in surgery doing this, that, and the other, which could take hours. So why don't you do an element of fasting? You know, it, it staves off the hunger for a little bit. Um, have a really big lunch, a light snack before you go home, a really big dinner, and that works for her. Mm-hmm. But even with that example, when it comes to a weekend, she might not necessarily skip breakfast. Yeah. So rather than identifying yourself and labeling yourself as I am doing fasting or I am doing keto, it's like, right, well, what are the elements of each one of these things that I can pull out and go, what works for me? Yeah. <laughs> Which is still a very confusing thing to say, but you know what I mean? It's it's how it needs to go in my head if you want to have long term success. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's good that you've you've mentioned that because that kind of again brings us on to the next thing I wanted to talk about with you. Which, like you said there, your surgeon client, if you gave her sort of plan, her approach, if you like to somebody else it might not work because mm. that person doesn't live the same life as she does and 
again, last time we talked about a few of your different clients and how they needed different things to get the results or they yeah. needed different approaches would probably be the better way of saying it to get the results they yeah. wanted. And they ended up having totally different journeys to the same destination, mm-hmm. essentially, because of that. So why, first thing, why do you think that is? Why doesn't the same thing work for everybody? You know, why do we need different things? Well, do you know what? Like, um, I think the same thing can work, but it's whether or not you're, you're addressing the right system, if that makes sense. So this is something that's just occurred to me now. Like, the if you put two people onto the same plan and you can just bully them or get them to depend entirely on willpower so you might see this a lot in the bodybuilding world where yeah you know someone some guy gives five to ten to fifteen of his clients all the same plan and 12 people might get the same uh, get a good result with it i think what that comes down to is how i don't want to say mentally strong but how just much blind faith that client has of just no well i have eaten my 114.5 grams of chicken um i have I'm not going to eat any more food. So for this, you know, a lot of clients come to me and say, can I do X or should I be doing X? Like cardio is a huge one for it. Oh, you know, I used to do my 10, 10 and 10 on cross trainer, treadmill and uh, bike. Now we're doing resistance work. We're getting amazing results, but yet they're still turned around and go, should I be doing cardio? And it's like, well, do you want to do cardio? Like I go for some power walks and listen to podcasts because I enjoy that and I enjoy podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to why do people need different approaches and things like that, it's like, I think too many people have too much negative view of what a nutrition change is. It's like, it's meant to be difficult. Dieting's meant to be hard. You're meant to have low energy. You're meant to not enjoy it. And that's just because of a lot of like adverse marketing where it's like, right, okay, well, you know, rather than people marketing a diet, they have to almost diss other diets to market it. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Remember, remember that diet you had with where you're just having shakes and you felt like crap. Well, this diet's more about don't eat carbs and stuff like that. But for me, it's like you can get results with the same plan, but you'll probably get a load of miserable people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's what makes sense with that. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the way I see it. It's, are you enjoying it? Are you in, like my food diary's got stuff like. Are you still sleeping well? Have you got good energy levels? All various things like that. Instead of just, are you sticking to the plan? That's a tick. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And your, again, so your clients, you've got all different clients who've had to do all different types of things to mm-hmm. get to where they wanted to be. And what you said there is, is the right thing. You can give everyone the same plan if you really want to. You'll just mm-hmm. end up with quite a lot of miserable people because they won't enjoy following that plan, then they won't follow that plan, and then they won't get results, and they'll be miserable both because they didn't like the plan and they didn't get results. But you've got some really good examples of how you've basically invented a plan purely based Mm. on what that person needs. So like you were saying before, finding the right thing to pick out from something to say, hey, let's just do this one thing, see how that goes, if that goes well, then we'll find something else and then help that as well. So as an example of that, can you tell us about the person I'm going to call your Pepsi Max client? <laughs> the, uh, the Pepsi Max I, I client. Love, I love the story. It's amazing. So this, um, the Pepsi Max client, if it's, um, if it's the guy I'm thinking of, he was like, 38 stone or something like that when he came to start with me. I can't remember the exact thing. It was big. Um, you know, when we uh, when we first started, I'm, I don't know if your gym was the same. In fact, yeah, it was because you were in Whitefield, weren't you? Like, you got a, a stairs to, like, a flat bit to another set of stairs. Yeah, and yeah. we actually had to have a little bit of a break on the middle set of stairs because you just couldn't get up it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he was a Twitch gamer, so it, quite a successful Twitch gamer as well. So he was sat for, like, eight, nine hours live streaming, um, video games for his fans and that was his job and then obviously since he was doing that he loved video games so then after he'd yeah. done that he'd then start playing his own video games 
but obviously you get a food diary back from him and it's obviously to amass that amount of weight it is atrocious so he said he'd seen some people before they put him on like detox plans keto plans and stuff like that and he did get you know a good result but then he just hated life and it went back so i was like well if he's done that and he, he you know he told me in almost those exact words i was like well i don't want to get you to a point where you start hating life and then resenting your goal so i just looked at it and thought the easiest change that i can make that's going to ha still have a really really big result and i think as well like when you come to someone like that like yes he knows his health is at risk and it's just not it's never a good idea to kind of come to people and scare them like i work with a lot of diabetics you can't just turn around and go you're going to lose your foot like they know it's going to happen yeah um so with him he was drinking six liters of full sugar coke on top of this atrocious food diary that he had. And I just said to him, I was like, right, well, how do you feel about swap it, swapping that out for Pepsi Max? And he was like, kind of looked at me as if to be like, well, yeah, I can do. Cool. <laughs> what else? And I was like, literally just do that. Yeah. Uh, just swap that Pepsi Max out, uh, swap that Coke out for Pepsi Max. Do you like, you know, which one do you like? Do you like that cherry one? Cherry one tastes mint. He's like, yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and then he comes back and, you know, down the line, he'd lost two stone from that, like, one action. Because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, he's still going to be eating his bits of takeaway. I'm going to be a little bit more mindful of, well, he's going to be a little bit more mindful that he's working with me. We're going to do little bits of activity and stuff like that. But that one change got him to lose two stone. Yeah. But it's like I said, to, I'm sure I mentioned this in the last podcast as well. My first step with someone like that is building what I call nutritional confidence, where it's mm -hmm. like he doesn't think he can stick to a plan. He doesn't think he can, you know, get a result. And he's very much in that I'm taking a leap of faith mode, like first phase. So if I can get him to realize that he can change something small like that and get a big result, then he's like, oh, this does work. Oh, I can do it. And it yeah. is that kind of small thing. And then you build from there rather than a lot of people who kind of come in and go, you know, I've seen people before where they're like, oh, I've got a food dairy back and it's atrocious. This is great news. There's so much to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, but then also no. Like, obviously, yeah. this, it depends. But the worse the food dairy, the probably the less you should change right away, if that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that's the example you're talking about. No, yeah, it is. It is because it, it's a great example of, you know, if somebody is in that point where they're feeling overwhelmed by all the things they've got to change, you know, like your client himself, you know, they've done keto before, they've done a detox before, they've done this, they've done that, and they're sort of thinking, well, what do I need to do? Because I've done so much, with, mm. and they all seem to work. What's going on? All you've done there, and we said this on the last one, was you've cut out a massive chunk of his calorie intake because, yeah, yeah if he's having full sugar Coke and then he cuts it to zero sugar, then mm. all the calories contained in that sugar are now gone. Yeah. So straight away, his intake is reduced and he's going to start seeing a change. And it, and it can be that simple. And mm. it's just, it's just I a think really well, like good example. One of the one of the biggest things I've learned over the years as well, like people will turn around and say, well, his diet's still unhealthy. Aren't you worried about this? Aren't you worried about that? And as I said to you before, like health's my biggest concern with these things. One of the biggest things you can do to improve someone's health is to get the weight down, like the yeah. amount of body fat that they are carrying. And you're absolutely right. I, can, I can't remember the figure. I, I might have given you the last time of how much how many calories there were in that six liters of Coke. But yeah, that's a huge calorie reduction. Mm hmm um and you know when we're talking about as well like i've just remembered an example from dave lupton who was one of the huddersfield trainers um he when we we're on about like calorie balance and diets things like that he used to always say to people oh yeah well you know all right if you want to lose weight do you like cream eggs and they go yeah yeah i love cream eggs he's like well just eat three cream eggs a day then <laughs> like, yeah. what he's like you eat three cream eggs a day and you'll lose weight and they're like oh yeah of course i will and it's just yeah, a really yeah. really easy way of kind of breaking that down not that i'd recommend that but from a calorie standpoint yeah. you know what i mean it makes sense <laughs> yeah and what you said there as well is another thing that you know people should recognize and be proud of if they're sort of on the journey you said if you were to look at that client's diet sort of today 
or just after he cut out the coke, you would still look at it and think, at this point, that's an unhealthy diet because he's still mm. got all the takeaways, he's still got all the other stuff. Um, he's still an unhealthy person, but that's not the point. The point is that it's better than yeah. it was. And that's the main thing. That's the key thing. Because as long as something is better than it was, and at X point in the future, you're going to make it a little bit better again. Mm. Like, don't get too concerned with where it is at, at this moment, because this is just a moment on that path that you are working yeah. on. And that's, that's it. It's, it's incremental thing. gains. Yeah. And incremental losses, like it's the same thing with weight loss. You know, with this guy, you wouldn't expect him to one month down the line be 18 stone. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's how can we affect that? And I think this is the thing where people struggle because it's, is it, um, John Barardi was saying that it's a delayed learning experience. So, mm. like, you're changing probably a couple of different things. If you buy, even by going out and seeing a trainer or paying attention to your health, you're probably going to be a little bit more mindful of your activity. You're probably going to be a little bit more mindful that maybe I don't stay up till 4 a.m. playing Call of Duty. Um, yeah. And you, even if you want, even if you're intentionally changing one thing, you're probably going to change about six. Yeah. Um, and I always say to people, if you start eating right, you start, you know, training better. If you start training better, you start eating right. Uh, yeah. and, and they all kind of fall in line. Uh, but it is difficult because it's not just this. I do this one thing, I get this result. Like yeah. you know, I like Kath Henry example. You need to illuminate a room. You turn on the light switch, and the the room's immediately illuminated. Yeah, you know? yeah. If only it was that simple. But this is where it can get a bit sticky with people as well. <clears throat> yeah. Another example of a client that you gave us last time. I can't fully remember the story. I've just got one word written down, which is potato. And I think it was a woman that was sort of struggling with her oh, relationship yeah, with foods. Yeah. So what was going on there? So this this was a really interesting one, actually. I can't remember how much I told you about her last time, but she was um, she was brand new to the gym. I just kind of caught her on the gym floor, and she was like, "What am I meant to be doing?" Oh, she, you know, she was doing this exercise. Like, what am I meant to be doing with this? So I got to talking to her, and she done like loads of diets you know like your typical cereal dieter yeah um and do you know when like in the consultation it's always like what diets have you done before what's worked well and she listed off like loads and i was like right well you know what's worked particularly well and why is it worked well because i want us to take aspects of that and apply it to something else and she said you know oh i really enjoyed um weight watchers or one of them or something where you had a tracking system and i mm. said well all i want you to do then is because you enjoyed the app and scanning stuff like let's use my fitness pal um and we went through and after a while like she was getting results she was doing really well and i just said to her, i can't remember how it came about actually we were doing a review or something like that and then um i was like right well you know what is there any foods you're particularly missing or anything like that? Um, and she's like, oh, I just really, really love a jacket potato. And for like me and you, we're thinking, well, you know, people turn around and go, oh, I'd absolutely love pizza. Oh, I'd absolutely love cheesecake. And I'm like, well, it's not actually, you know, jacket potato is actually a really healthy food. Like what's, <laughs> what's going on there? And I said to her, I was like, well, you know, go home and have a jacket potato with tuna like nutrition like that's a mint meal do you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. protein all this kind of stuff um and she got like the prospect of her going home and eating a potato like she was cooking all this food she was cooking sunday roast for a family but she was having literally the turkey mm. and the vegetables and stuff whereas the family would be having like roast potatoes and stuff like that and you know dessert and everything else and for her like prospect like almost brought her to tears and like the anxiety around eating a potato which sounds so ridiculous for us to say but i've just seen it time and time again that you know people come up and they go I, I i just can't eat that and it's like well how imprisoned are you by this concept that i know is absolutely false mm -hmm. and it's not as easy as me coming up and going no that's wrong do this it's like right well eat a potato see see how you feel do you know what yeah. i mean and it's uh, that's probably like a, an abridged version of the story that I told on the other one. But 
Another great example of this is when we had this big rise of, um, you know, gluten sensitivity and wheat and everything else. Like my ex was a nightmare for this. She's like, oh, I'm so sensitive to wheat. And I'm like, well, eat a slice of toast. And she went and she ate a slice of toast. And I'm like, how do you feel? She's like, oh, I feel fine. I'm like, oh, that's funny that. Because normally the only time that you eat, you know, you avoid wheat and a lot of carbohydrates like the plague. And then when you have a big blowout, you'll eat a pizza and a load of cookies and then wonder why your stomach's blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, this anxiety around food's a, a really, really weird one because, you know, people people have bumped into me in Costa before and I'll be sat there with a medium Americano and like one of those like 450 cal- uh, calorie millionaire shortbreads. And I'll be there in my PT top and they're like, oh, oh I've caught you now. And I'm like, there's no hiding with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's in my my fitness pal. Like all my clients can see it. Like, I have no problem with it. It's probably on my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like those those stories are are just huge, huge things. Like for that client, and again, great examples of of the way that we think about food having a massive impact on the way that we approach it and the way that we interact with food you know if she'd been really missing that potato like you just said with the example of your girlfriend where she thinks she's intolerant to these things but it's not until she has a big blowout then she thinks Mm. oh i've got these problems you know with that client it could well have been the case that because she'd missed the potato because she thought she couldn't have it some point down the line she'd blow out and eat a load of potato or a load of carbs or something like that and then think yeah, I've just put on a load of weight because of those potatoes. And it's like, no, it's because you ate a load of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like making those little changes in, in people's heads of, no, you can't have all of these things unless you are genuinely intolerant to it, as in you eat it and straight away you're on the toilet. That's yeah. the only time you yeah. should be avoiding food. If, if you've been told by like a doctor or you've had genuine tests done, and I don't mean you've sent some of your spit to someone in the mail. That <laughs> doesn't count. Out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't count either. Unless a doctor has told you, do not eat this, you can eat anything. And I think it's like when we're talking about the the blowout side of things, like, like just coming off, I say coming off the back of Christmas, bloody hell, almost in May. But um, <laughs> a big thing that, I said to my guys over Christmas is um because well a couple of years ago I actually had a woman say to me what can I eat on Christmas day and it's like well I'm going to be eating a lot of cheesecake so (laughs) I think one thing that's important to understand is um when it comes to holidays or Christmas or anything like that like a good example is I had a two-week holiday in the states in October and I said to all my guys I was like the here are the three options there's you know lose weight maintain weight or gain weight when I've gone away on holiday but Mm -hmm. then you've got to look at what you're willing to do so I was going to the states I haven't been out of Europe since I was like six um I was going with my girlfriend I was gonna I was really looking forward to it they have cheesecake factory out there um and it's like you know if you use Christmas as an example you can deprive yourself of time with your family in order to maintain or lose weight and if you're okay with that, like actually okay with it, then cool. Um, or you can go hell for leather, uh, go crazy, probably have a little bit of disordered eating because you're having like chocolate for breakfast with all this kind of stuff and you can gain a load of weight. And again, if you're okay with that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or you can do a little bit in between. And I kind of lay this out in a more comprehensive um, way to all my clients before Christmas. And they said, well, what should I do then? I'm like, that's not my... That's not my uh, question to answer. Like, yeah, yeah. Which which do you actually want to do? If you want to go a bit crazy, like for me, Christmas Day, and then we have a big family party between Christmas and New Year's, when my cousin owns a bakery business and I love cake. Um, I went, I went. You know, if I want some cake, I'm gonna have some cake. Um, if I want some Christmas dinner, I'm gonna have some Christmas dinner. But I think for a lot of people, in my opinion, if you've made that decision decision you've got a big night out with the girls or it's your birthday or something like that and you're going to say right okay i'm going to go enjoy myself and by enjoying myself i'm okay with the fact that i might gain some weight 
so then when you next jump on the scales or put a tape measure around you and your weight's gone off, you've gone, yeah, but I had a mint night out. Yeah. Right? It was a it was a one off. It was and if you're doing that every weekend, uh, every couple of days, then that's probably not the right approach for you. But yeah. I think for ninety nine percent of people, I get say to them, "Will you be okay with that?" Because by saying yes to the the excess amounts of food, the partying, and the late nights, you're also saying yes to body fat gain. Mm-hmm. And if you're okay with both of those, then that's absolutely fine. And I just think that's a really important distinction. I think the issue. And where my client had the anxiety around the potato is that she was telling herself she wouldn't and she's not okay with the body fat gain and that these foods are going to cause that body fat gain and then she inevitably eats them because she's got an unsustainable plan. And I yeah. think that's yeah. the, the cycle that a lot of people get caught in, <clears throat> which is yeah. massively avoidable. <laughs> yeah, big thing there. It's just making the decision and being okay with it or accepting the decision is your decision because you can always work something off in the future you can always make up for it in a way if you like it's not like oh i've gained this weight that's it for the rest of my life now i've got this weight you know mm. it's I've, I've had this good night out cool i'm gonna have other good nights out i've gained this bit of weight cool i can lose that like i've already lost the weight i've already lost kind of thing it doesn't have to be the end of the story it's just yeah. again a step forward um and learning that is again part of that story and part of that journey so right we'll start wrapping up there uh yep. had loads of good stuff in uh, just hitting time so just before we go i know we've talked about how there's loads of different approaches for for different people everybody's got to do a different thing find what works for them sort of idea mm. uh but what would you give someone, uh, just because we want to start getting this uh, from the interviews we do to give people something to go away with. Obviously, we want them to learn a lot, but yeah. we want them to be able to listen to a podcast and go, right, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to make things better. Can you think of one actionable tip that the listeners could go away with to start working on? And again, might not apply to everyone. Um, let's have a think. Uh... I know you said one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with two, maybe cool. one point five. Um, basically, almost like a food diary. So be I want to say either write down or be mindful of what you're eating, meal by meal, but then also as a whole for the day. And then the kind of like side little caveat for that is how that makes you feel as well. So if you do have a bit of a crazy day where you're eating a load of shit and stuff like that. Do you feel like shit? Um, and pay attention to how that makes you feel the other side as well. So you might have a day where you're like, you know what? I just feel amazing. What have I done differently? Well, I've slept really well. I've eaten really well. Um, so I'd say be more mindful of what you're consuming and how that's affecting you, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like it. <laughs> awesome. Right, well, thanks for being on the show, Liam. No, it's a pleasure. So, Jim, what do you think of that? Um, yeah, really brilliant. Actually, great interview because um, obviously I wasn't in the interview, and so when I listened to it before, um, we didn't discuss actually what you'd were going to talk about with him. Um, so I was kind of wondering what what, what you were going to focus on, but it was quite broad, um, which I really liked. Just that you covered quite a lot of. Um, subject matter without being too specific or, or diving into one element and um, Liam obviously is uh, his mindset and his sort of yeah, his coaching mindset is very much aligned with ours um, so I list, I just listened I was listening to it just nodding away um, there wasn't really a, even a part of it where I was thinking oh yeah maybe well it was mostly just yeah bang on yeah that's that's really good information um so yeah i i enjoyed listening to it i think that'll be really um informative for the listener in in kind of a broad sense um and then we probably will get some questions off that about particular elements of particular parts that you spoke about which we can delve into a little bit deeper and, and bring real life scenarios to yeah 
uh, I just wanted to bring up one of sort of my favorite things from what we talked about. And it's not something we really went into, what I'm going to say, but I just like the fact that there was a little part where me and Liam talked about when we first started as trainers and we were indoctrinated with this idea that carbs are the thing you need to think about. Yeah. You know, if you get people, yeah, like if you get people dropping the carbs, then that drops their insulin and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, we both said we now understand is not the case. If you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to gain it. Like we always say, it's the overall calorie intake that really matters. And I just wanted to sort of point out to people that, you know, if me and Liam could get bought into it and we're the personal trainers, we're the professionals, don't get yourself down if you've done the same. You know, like if you've been bought in to thinking or believing that keto is the key to everything or that fasting is the key to everything it's okay to sort of accept that it's not and to change your mind because you know if we can you can do you know what i mean i think the ability to listen to something like that and um ask questions about it rather than just accepting it um is a practiced art uh, like it, especially when it's not your field like mm. for the listeners at home it's not your job to filter everything that comes through um you know through facebook or through instagram or, or wherever it's coming from um it's i feel like it's more responsibility of the industry to um to, to bring good information across that you can rely on um Now, obviously, how you choose who you're listening to is important, but, you know, anyone can sell snake oil and make it sound good. Mm -hmm. Um, So buying into it is not, you know, it's not a sin. It doesn't make you an idiot. Um, And being able to um, pick those those, um, things apart, again, is is a practice. It took me a long time to listen to someone that I respected um, as an educator and still say, oh, well, you know, question that or, you know, what evidence is there for this? Like you said, Sean, when I first started, I was so easily indoctrinated into beliefs um, because I knew that the the people saying it um, were well-respected in the industry and know very experienced and been doing it for a long time so i was just like well yep they said that um this is what i believe now um whereas you know it took me a few years as a personal trainer to be able to go not um necessarily contradict it with a different information but just to listen to it and go you know you know just come back with a question about why or what evidence is there yeah so for people listening home who aren't personal trainers and like you said definitely it's not you shouldn't be um, shouldn't feel bad about falling yeah. into those belief systems or being tricked sometimes as well it is a matter of being tricked um because there are some snake oil salesmen in the industry yeah so it's not something to be embarrassed about if you've been tricked into it if you've been convinced into something and diet in a particular way for example because you know we all do that like we said we've both done that ourselves and then we've passed that on to clients and we've had to say oh actually what i taught you previously isn't actually the case but i'm gonna help you with what actually is the case now and that's okay you know it's okay to change your mind and like i say it's okay if you get suckered in, because we all do, don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and I think it, the problem is as well, like I'm probably guilty of um, making something sound stupid in terms of like, um, it could be like a, a dieting or, or weight loss principle that someone says, uh, let's say like the chia, chia seeds thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously to me, that's like, no, like completely not, definitely not, whatever. Um, but the way that we express that 
can make it seem like uh, you'd have to be an idiot to think so. Um, which is not, that's not what they think. Um, it just, it kind of can easily sound like that because it gets wrote off so easily or, or so nonchalantly. Yeah. Um, so, so there's no stupid suggestions. Like if you come forward with a question, um, like the people asking about the chia seeds in the group, that's what we want is that if you hear something like that, ask, like find a professional, come, come to us or, or find like someone who is a decent personal trainer or nutrition coach or something like that um, and say, this is what I heard. What do you think of it? This, this, it's, it's a kind of a no stupid questions type scenario. Yeah. And speaking of questions, let's get into the letters. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys listening have got any questions about anything that Liam and I covered in the interview, if you've got any questions about anything me and Jim are talking about right now, then drop us an email, send it over to me so I can find it, which is my email address at Sean, S-H-A-U-N, at Nutri-IQ.net. Drop us an email. Let us know what's on your mind and we can address it on the show. Because if you've got a question, other people probably do as well. And some of those letters we've had this week, we've had a nice one from Teresa on Instagram, which I'll read out to you now. So Teresa listed the show last week and she said she loved it. it she liked the fact, I'm just going to read it her way because that would be confusing for me. I'll start again. <laughs> Teresa said, I like the fact you will be covering all sorts of issues. I didn't watch the restaurant program, but going by what you both said, I'm glad I didn't. Talking to someone who struggled with her weight for most of her life and I've had serious guilt trips when I've gone off track, I would have been like the lady who changed her pudding. My evening out would have ended on a low. I will say you've helped me change my attitude towards my slips and little cheats. I no longer beat myself up, just carry on with the program. And I also like that you both talked in a language I could follow and understand. So well done. I look forward to the next one. Love that. Yeah, nice. Um, I think it, it sort of brings it to life a little bit because when we were talking last week about the lady that was gutted in the restaurant, um, we were kind of laughing about it um, because, you know, because of like the way she was gutted and the way it was presented. Um, but yeah, getting messages like that, it sort of makes it very real um, in that like, you know, if, if that person was out celebrating something um, and was gutted, it actually completely ruined the night and then they kind of, all the, the good times that they had up until that point were ruined. And when they get home, that's what they're thinking about and that's what consumes their thoughts for the rest of the night. Uh, a week you know even so yeah lovely message really it really brings it home so i'm glad glad we had for them yeah and again you know, if, if you've got messages like that just about your thoughts on the show let us know those as well because they're all things we like to hear uh yeah thanks in this in this section sorry mate um it'd be cool to to you know uh bring across questions yeah or little wins as well mm -hmm. um you know if, if you want to write in um to the email address to say you know this week i did this and i'm really proud of myself um that'd be really cool as well yeah i think yeah it's like Teresa said there little win you know she's changed their attitude towards slips and little cheats and while that might not seem like a big thing it is huge because that attitude towards what you might call slip ups and cheats that has a massive knock on effect to what, how the rest of your day goes. Yeah. You know, if your previous attitude was, Oh, I've cheated. I've messed up for today. I may as well have whatever I want for the rest of the day. That's a negative knock on effect. Whereas if that has now changed for Teresa, that's going to have a huge effect in the way she approaches things from now on. Yeah. So yeah, little wins. Send them over as well. And I think you've got one as well. I've got one as well. Yeah, it, mine was a question um, from Mike. Um, he asked if he's got a calorie target and he's trying to lose weight. Um, obviously, 
um, on average, that's what he should stay within. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said what he's noticed is that actually eating quite intuitively and listening to his body and, and not just snacking for the sake of it, um, he's been under his calories. Um, so he asked, is it okay to be under my calories or should I want to try and hit it? Hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, so my answer to him was, um, you've got kind of two options. You can bank those calories up, like which is a strategy we use, um, usually with intention. So if you know, like we had a post on Instagram and Facebook about it um, yesterday, which is if you know you want to exceed your calories on a certain day, you can bank them from other days to save them up um, and use them on that day so that your average is still X amount of calories, which is your target calories. Um, So you can bank them and then you can just use them on a day that you might feel a little bit hungrier. They're just just like rainy day from the calories almost. Um, Or you can write them off. Um, I it, personally, I think if your calories are too low, then after a while, it's gonna come back to to kick you in the ass um, somehow. Um, but you know, if you're just every now and again you don't hit your calorie amount, you're not starving yourself. Mm-hmm. Like like it's just it'll just mean a little bit probably. Um, more weight loss uh, for the week. So I, so I would say as long as it's not too low, because it, you can be in a place where you're so motivated that we say, uh, you know, let's say you're following NutriIQ uh, Smart Plan when it's launched, and it says you need to have 2,000 calories a day, just random arbitrary number. Um, and hitting that calorie amount, we think, will make you lose weight. But you're in such a zone um, and so currently motivated that you you go, well, I can do 1,600. And surely the less calories, the more weight loss. Um, it's true, but it, our message is that it will only last so long mm-hmm. um, because eventually your body, it, your, something's going to change um, and you're going to end up yo-yoing which is the, the main thing that we want to avoid um, is yo-yoing. So it's like the more extreme you are um, in your actions, the more likely you are to yo-yo. So, so it doesn't matter if you go under, um, but don't aim to be too low or don't let it drop lower than it should be because your body will come back together at some point. Yeah, I think... What you've said there is basically the case and the same thing I would say. If you're aiming for 2,000 and you realize at the end of the day you're at 1,800, but you're full, you know, you're not hungry, you're satisfied, fine, just, just crack on with that. Like you said, it's only going to further benefit that weight loss if that's the case. But don't aim for the 1,800 or the 1,600 because you're trying to accelerate things. Because then if you're always going way under the target, that's when it will come back to bite you. That's when you will sort of need that extra energy at some point. That's where you'll start to feel more tired and just be less motivated because you're not enjoying it as much. You know, that's that's a big thing to bear in mind. Just because you feel like you can and you're motivated right now to cut those calories and to deal with the feeling of hunger, it's just not a, a nice place to be. Yeah, I think in four days time, you're not going to be feeling that same level. You're not going to be feeling the same things and you're not going to like that. And then you might feel bad about going back up to the 2000 and that's not what we want. So just really simply, if you're under by a little bit and you just, you're not hungry, you don't feel like you need to make it up, then don't, there's there's no need to. Yeah. I think a strategy that I would use if I was in Mike's position is I would just make a note every day of how much under I am. Mm. And then, and then, so it becomes like a calorie bank, non-intentionally. 
Um, and then when it when uh, you know you get to Friday, and you might just feel hungrier than usual, um, you know how many calories you can go over with while still staying on your average, and it's the amount that you've banked. I would do it that way rather than just being like writing it off, because it might come to a point where you do actually want them. Because every day will be different, especially now. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, while we're on lockdown, um you know, your energy levels are going to be quite um, low. Um, but, you know, if you're getting out to do runs and stuff like that, then it's going to have a, quite a dramatic sort of fluctuation from day to day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just bank them up. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Just make the most of it, like you say. Use them back up later. Because if you've got a day today where you happen to be less hungry, there'll undoubtedly be a day down the line where you feel a bit more hungry um and you know you don't want it to be the case on that day where you are more hungry that you have to feel like you're restricting yourself and you're like oh but i can't have any more to eat because i'll be going over my calories like you say if you use that idea of calorie banking then you can use up those ones you saved today yeah i like it so hopefully if mike's listening again that's helped and it's helped anyone else who might have been thinking that same kind of thing as well. Right, let's get into then the next segment of the show, what we're reading. So I've got no idea what Jim is going to recommend we read today. Maybe I've read it, maybe I've not. But yeah, what are you reading this week, Jim? Cool. So it's my turn to do one that's a bit more helpful Mm -hmm. this week. Um, And I don't know if you've seen this, Sean. Um, No. This it's on Instagram a lot. It's, it's like a bestseller at the minute. Um, it's called The Boy, the Mole, uh, the Fox, and the Horse. Bit of a mouthful. Um, by Charlie Mackery. I'm not sure I'd say the last name. Um, but it's been very big. Um, it it's like it's kind of like a children's book. Um, it's got like, it's a lot of illustrations. I don't know if we can see loads of illustrations in there. Um, and each page, um, it kind of tells a story, but each page is just kind of like a little, almost like a little philosophical blurb. Um, and it's lovely. It's a, it's a really nice book. I bought it for my girlfriend, um, and then I just picked it up one day uh, and thought, I'll have a little read, and then just read the whole thing in one sitting. It's not a big book um again it is a little bit like a children's book um in the way that it's read but you'll be able to sit down and read it in like 10-15 minutes the whole thing um but it's really lovely it's dead nice so i think at the minute uh it's kind of a little bit about like yours was uh, last week about sort of making the most of the situation and and how you what your outlook is on life as opposed to being too reactive. Hmm. I like it. Sounds cool. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, might get it. And the illustrations are very cool. Yeah. The the drawings. Yeah, I like that idea of a children's book style or a children's book itself that has things to learn from for for adults listening, not listening, but reading it as well. Uh, Yeah, I like that. Have a look. Yeah. Cool. cool. So what I've been reading, but like you last week, not necessarily reading, isn't something that is going to change your life uh, unless you're like laughing and that's <laughs> going to change your life. Uh, we're basically in our house, we've been binging our way through the Goldbergs, uh, which is a show on, I don't know what channel it's on over here. Actually, I think it might be E4 maybe. Uh, but it's basically yeah. this guy, Adam Goldberg. He's a writer, and it's just a funny show, like a sitcom based on his childhood and like his stories. And it's so funny because they have little clips at the end, and the sort of Adam, the character, you know, his himself in the show is this little nerdy kid who's always got a video camera and he's filming things all the time. But that's, like I said, it's based on his life as a kid. 
So they've got loads of little home videos that he's actually done that they put into the show at the end. And so then you can see where they've recreated that video in the show and they put them side by side. And it's it's so good. It's cool, um, and it's so funny as well. We've been watching it. I've seen night. a few episodes. Yeah. I've never like properly watched it. Yeah, definitely recommend it. You know, if you're looking for some light, funny viewing to get you through lockdown or just to get you through, you know, whatever you're doing, if you like to have something on when you're doing the dishes or the ironing or whatever, I definitely this week recommend checking out the Goldbergs wherever nice. you can get it from. This, it's been an absolute essential for me in this lockdown, yeah. having something, and I've, I've gone sort of through quite a few now, actually. Um, just something that's just easy, um, especially because a lot of people are going to be sort of stressed out, they're working from home, um, you know, it's a weird time, so I think just having something that you can sit and, and binge a little bit and not have to think too much about it. Is for me, and it's been really helpful. So, I'll give that a go. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, just before we wrap up, once again, if you've got any questions about the show today, if you've got anything you want to let us know, your little wins, uh, any just messages about what you think of the show as well, let us know to my email address, which is Sean, that's S H A U N, at nutri iq.net. That'll be down in the description and the show notes for the podcast as well. So you can just click that and go straight through. And that's everything. Anything else from you, Jim? Uh, no, just um, thanks for your questions and letters this week. And we're looking forward to reading some more next time. Cool. So thanks for tuning in to Nutri IQ Radio. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show if you're listening as a podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Nutri IQ TV if you're watching on there and if you want to follow us around social media make sure you like our facebook page and follow us on instagram at nutri iq without the dash on there so it's goodbye from me sean and goodbye from me jim see you later <laughs>